As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. Today is the 13th of December, year of our Lord, 2022. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show presented by The Athletic. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, before we hop into today's show, why don't you tell the people what you got going on? What are you writing about these days? Yeah, if you're listening to this pod on Tuesday, uh, it is now published my What I'm Hearing a trade column as it pertains to Detroit with uh, December 15th at the end of the week, uh, which is like almost everybody in the league is eligible to be traded come December 15th. I decided this was the right time to kind of write up my, my annual, what I'm hearing column as trade season heats up. So I got some nuggets in there um, as it pertains to Detroit. Obviously uh, there's been discussion you've seen on the athletic with Bojan uh, and I'm not going to give too much away on here. You got to listen. You got to read the story. But there is one player I'm all but certain will be traded. Uh, one player that could be a surprise. One player I'm like 60 40 won't get traded. Actually, more like 70 30. And then Bojan, like I think it would have to. I'll give you guys that. I think it would have to be like a overpay for Detroit to trade Bojan. But yeah, there's there there's some good nuggets in there. Um, it really tackles. Uh, one, two, four players specifically, um, as it pertains to Detroit in the in the trade deadline. Just like what I'm hearing in terms of teams interested in a certain guy and uh, likeliness of Detroit trading them, stuff like that. So check that out now if you're into into rumor season. You know, <clears throat> so not to give anything away in your story. So we'll do some some rumor mill stuff about a different team really quick, but it could pertain to Detroit. Sure. Is this whole do you think the juice is worth the squeeze on the whole Cam Reddish thing? Because if it if the reported asking price of a second round pick and a young player of a completely different skill set, so they're basically like, just don't give us Cam Reddish again, give us something else. That feels like, you know, I've seen some people speculate maybe that could be Hamadou. But then my question to that is, is Hamadou getting DNPs or can you trade him for Cam Reddish? You know what I mean? Because it can't be both. Does that make sense? And then it's like, 
it made me think back to the guy in the mailbag that we did two weeks ago who was like, gun to your head, you have to do Sadiq Bay for either Jared Vanderbilt or Poku. And I was like, you know, for the sake of it, just play along. If we did another, like, just for the sake of the mental exercise, gun to your head, there are two buttons in front of you. You have to push one of these buttons. One of them is Sadiq Bay, Cam Reddish swap. The other one is Sadiq Bay, Davion Mitchell, and Rashawn Holmes swap. Which button are you pushing? Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't think this happened, but the Cam Reddish one seems more logical. But I don't think that's good value for Detroit. I wouldn't do either of those. Yeah, I wouldn't either. You said gun to my head, dude. I don't want that. You got to do one. Well, we wouldn't also have done the Jared Vanderbilt or Poku thing, but just for the sake of it, because that's probably what it would take, right? I mean, like, for the, if you want Cam Reddish, you're probably not doing it. I, I have for a Hamadou question Diallo. for the people who want Cam Reddish. Where are the minutes? Hmm. Well, you that know? would maybe be contingent on who gets dealt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, but like. It's, I'm not trading Sadiq for Cam Reddish. No, I agree. 100%. Um, so then it's like, okay, if you trade him for Hamadou, well, Hamadou's not playing. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't know where the – I don't. I know people get excited about names and stuff, but I just don't know where. Uh, you know, if we look at Hamadou's, like, last two weeks, DNP, DNP, zero, DNP, 10 points against Memphis, nice. Zero, nine, four. Uh, it's been um, it's been quite the year for him. Yeah, I mean, Casey likes to go ten, and it's yeah, it's been Kevin Knox's emergence has added another body to the rotation. It's 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 great. Yeah, he's basically at the mercy of somebody getting injured um, at the guard spot now. But certainly, um, yeah, I don't. Like, I get the intrigue with Cam Reddish. I just don't – like, they're already trying to play enough young guys in enough minutes. I don't I don't get adding that to the fold. Do you wonder if it can somehow work out in Phoenix? I don't think they can make that work with Cam Reddish. I don't think so. That's the I only mean, team I've been thinking, like, man, how fun would that be? But like, what about Portland? I'd like maybe? to see him in, like, San Antonio. Keldon Johnson, I don't remember who it was that said this, so I apologize, but they worded it beautifully. It was something to the effect of Keldon Johnson doesn't just feel like a guy who puts up good stats on a, like as a young guy, good stats, bad team guy. Like he feels like he's more than that, and I 100% agree. I I really like Keldon Johnson. Yeah, I do too. I think he would be good on a good team. James, I told you earlier this morning that we were going to be doing storylines today for the Pistons this season. You You did. You did alert me. To such activities. Good news, bad news there. Good news is, I think these are all pretty much, I think this is pretty much it. I think it would kind of sum it up. um, You know, at the end, maybe you can do some honorable mentions if you're able to identify something that maybe I didn't um, because you're with the team way more than I am. Uh, The bad news is that, unfortunately, we have hammered a lot of these home. So I'm just going to kind of expand on them a little bit. James is going to add some thought. But but for the most part, this is all stuff that we're familiar with. Um, So the first storyline... Uh, through about a, about a quarter of the way through the season, yeah, right? like middle of December. Yeah, sure. Uh, middle of this, uh, uh, sorry, middle of December. This is kind of when you start to figure out like, okay, this is who this team is. This is who this team is. Um, that starts to carve itself out, right? So the first storyline is free throw percentage. And it's funny because the reasons that I'm upset about this 
isn't like it has been in previous years where we as Pistons fans went a lot of years watching a team that couldn't generate looks from the line. It just didn't happen. And that's why getting Blake was so fun and significant because, wow, we finally have this premier athletic uh, forward who can who can draw fouls. When was that? Man, that's so fun. But it's like they're third in makes. They're second in attempts. So they're getting these looks, but they're 22nd in percentage, right? And when you have nine guys shooting at or under 75%, and I think 75 is a decent sort of, like, where's your barometer for it? I mean, if you're making three out of four, like, hey, you're not going to make all of them. I think that's, if you're, yeah. you know, 76.2 versus 74.7, the marginal and difference feels massive, the disparity. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Mm, I, can, um, I can buy that. So, and it, it's, that's just a psychological thing. Yeah, it does, it's not actual, you know. But I, I think what bothers me the most about it is, you know, as a fan, I'm going into every single one of these games as as locked in as I can, but we're underdogs and I'm expecting us to lose. So it's like you need to play a damn near perfect game every single night to have a chance against, uh, I mean, no pun intended, but 75% of this league, right? So you go into Madison Square Garden and you throw up a, a dud from the line and you know, more often than not, that's kind of what loses us these games. And, they, and they've and they had some decent ones. I mean, against the Lakers, they were, you know, 14 of 17 on the back of Bogdanovich's 8 of 8. Um, but it's frustrating when it kind of feels like that's one of the only things that you can control is whether or not you're making your free throws. Um, and again, when you're generating as many looks as you are, it's frustrating when you're already a bad team and so many guys uh, just can't get it done. Yeah, I... I is this the is this the thing that triggers you the most? I was ex- surprised this is like your number one, the free throw. I, this really genuinely bothers me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, the guys who get fouled the most, um, it, it's weird because, well, it's not necessarily fouled the most. It's how I don't even know what the correct statistical definition would be. But like, for example, when Hami's on the floor, Hami gets fouled a lot. Yeah, he doesn't get fouled. He doesn't play a lot, so he, his free throw attempts. Isn't. But when he does play, he gets fouled a lot, and he's not a good free throw shooter. Jaden Ivey gets fouled a lot. He's not a good shooter currently at this point in time. Um, I mean, you see Bojan. He gets fouled a lot. He makes them. Sadiq is making is making them. Alec Burks has historically been like a, I think like mid seventies, um, not as good as you would think from the free throw yeah. line. I'm not sure where he's at right now. Um. That's why we need an intern. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is a weird group. Jalen Duran, I think he's gotten better at shooting free throws as the season's gone on, but still not a – Still really bad, though. Still not a great free throw shooter. Um, Isaiah Stewart's fine free throw shooter, not good, not great, not bad. Um, Killian doesn't get there enough, and he would probably be a better free throw shooter – uh, then obviously a lot of the guys that are taking some. Well, maybe three years from now we'll get that. It's possible. Cade, uh, you would assume, would be a good free throw shooter uh, if he was playing. So it's like, yeah, they, they, there's not a lot of guys like Ivy. And, again, Hami doesn't play enough, but when Hami is on the floor, he does tend to go to the free throw line a lot and just doesn't always hit them. Ivy, again, is struggling with his touch as it returns to shooting. So it, it, it is a weird, it is a weird dynamic. You would, you would hope um, 
if you're Detroit and you're getting such a favorable whistle for the first time in a long time that you would capitalize on those. And I, I can only think like one or two games on top of my head that they've like lost because of free throw shooting. But I mean, that's the difference between seven wins and maybe 10 win 10 wins. Yeah. Second storyline. <laughs> so, well, okay. I just want to say for the record, cause you, you pointed this out. I think it's a good point. I'm not necessarily doing these in any particular order. So like the free throw percentage thing technically does make me the most upset. And yeah, I coincidentally put it number one, but these aren't technically in, in any order. Okay. Would you agree with that one though? As like a, yeah, that's that, that that's that one's important. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like, um, it's like when you have a, uh, sorry, my, I thought I hit my mic. It's like when you have like a sore throat and it just annoys you or like a scratch or phlegm. You got phlegm. I've had phlegm in my stuck in my throat for like two hangnail. weeks. Hangnail. Hangnail, yeah. Or that you um, can't get out. Yeah. Because if you like if you, there you go. Yeah. You try to get rip the hangnail off, but if you do, it just goes down the rest yeah, of that goes down to your elbow. Horrible. It's just annoying. Second storyline, plaguing the pistons this season. Well, not plaguing. Actually, technically not plaguing, because three point percentage is on this list. Because we are better than I thought we were going to be. Something that we on this show have been tracking and, and, and monitoring um, pretty much since last season ended. Uh, that's why the Alec Burks get was felt pretty major. You know, you were upset about losing Frank Jackson because you're like, ugh, that might suck. What's he up to these days? I don't know. That's he why the thing that's. Buckets in uh, the G League the other day. It popped up in my timeline at like 28. Ooh. I think. Our first reaction Ooh. on this show, <laughs> I think our first reaction on this show to the Bogdanovich trade was, oh, wow, that's really going to help the three-point percentage. Um, this year, we are 18th in makes, 15th in attempts, and 18th in percentage, right? So pretty much in the middle of the pack, maybe you know slightly marginally worse than, than NBA average. And if you're like, well, that doesn't feel that significant, I think it is worth noting because as we've known the Pistons in their current you know, restoring form, since Troy Weaver took over and we've officially been a rebuilding team, this is the best three-point shooting team that we've had. Um, two years ago, they finished 29th. Last year, they finished 22nd. And, you know, if the season ended today, again, they'd be 18th in terms of percentage. And the season doesn't end today. But um, I thought that was really interesting because what we always see, and I think we talked about it, you know, a week or two ago, um, the the note that somebody had about hey Kelly Olynyk and Jeremy Grant went to these other teams and their, their three point percentages skyrocketed is Dwayne Casey doing something wrong? I guess not because we're actually better than we've ever been. Uh, not under him specifically, but you know since, since he the rebuild uh, right like since twenty twenty and and that that genuinely shocks me. I was I was sincerely expecting that this was going to be a bottom three uh, three point shooting team. So maybe that was just me. Uh, maybe that's a reflection on me uh, with having sort of too low of expectations for them, but Hey, it's good to see. Yeah. I think this kind of is like 18th makes sense when you thought about it prior to the season starting like, Oh, Bogdanovich will help. Alec Burks will help. Uh, I of course was a believer in beef stew. I knew that would help you I, going into the season. You thought Sadiq would be fine. You thought you'd have K like you, you could, you saw a world where they're 18th. Then the season plays out and you're like, Oh gosh, like how are they going to be able to shoot three ball? So, but What's interesting is you've gotten your Bogdanovich fix, you've gotten your Burks fix, but I mean Sadiq has struggled still. Ivy struggled, um, but what that means is, or not what that means, but what's impressive with that is they're able to be 18th with those two guys who are high volume three point shooters, kind of crashing. Killian has become an adequate three point shooter. 
Isaiah Stewart, as we mentioned, has become a good three-point shooter. Uh, Kevin Knox has come in and hit threes, and and I, I don't know his percentages, but I'd imagine they're fine. Um, and who else are we adding to the fold? Somebody else is hitting threes at a decent clip. Uh, even Bagley. He doesn't take many of them, but he's hitting them. Mm-hmm. So you're losing – you lost Cade's three-point percentage, which I, I'm of the belief that Cade will one day be a good three-point shooter. He wasn't there yet before he went down. Uh, he, had, he's, he had moments. But the Sadiq and Ivy dip, but you're getting the production from Isaiah and Killian um, and Kevin Knox and even Corey Joseph. Like, there's other guys stepping up. So um, there is definitely development in terms of perimeter shooting in-house. Yeah, look, I'm just enamored. I believe that was the fourth Kevin Knox shout-out that you've given in the last two weeks. So I'm going to have to cross-reference maybe who his agent is. And, uh, Hold on, you know, he's who, shooting well. We're talking about three-point uh, shooting. I know. Hey, hey, hey. I just, I just think it's funny. I, I have not know who I have his an, agent is. You want to look it up? Want me to look it up? Yeah, well, James, while you are looking that up, and before we get to the third and final storyline of the Pistons season this far, or this far, So far, let's take a quick break and get a word from this week's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now we're back. James, third storyline of the season for the Detroit Pistons. Something that, again, you have brought up, I think, this will be the third episode in a row. But technically, I'm the one bringing it up. Third episode in a row, and I I, I got on you. I goofed on you for talking about it again. <laughs> but then I sat there, man, and I kind of thought about it. And I was like, man, he's always right about everything. No, not everything. The third storyline. I don't think that win total means nothing. As James pointed out, the Pistons eclipsed seven wins by December 6th this year. Last year, it took them until January 3rd. I believe it was a game uh, against Milwaukee that we won. And even though it feels weird to be like, well, it's seven wins, who cares? I think it's the principle of the number that counts. You're getting out the gate a month faster, right? A 30-day head start, and it gives you that much time to win X amount uh, more games, right? And I think through that, you know, even though you have Cade going down and is presumably out for the year um, super early on, even though Sadiq, somebody who we expected to take like a not a Jason Tatum size leap, but just for the sake of it, you know, we expected him to kind of level up this year. Right. And despite that, we've still seen Isaiah Stewart adopt and step into a role where at times he has to play. Uh, a, a role that he hasn't had to in the past for Detroit, where he's sort of adopting more responsibility and more leadership. And at times he's done really well. 
We've also seen Killian, who they must have like just locked in a room and were like, this is like legit. This is it. Like, seriously. And you obviously have to give him a ton of credit for finally rising to the occasion and finally just doing it. You know what I mean? Again, the three-point percentage, also higher than maybe we expected that it was going to be. We don't need to go into all that again, but it's not nothing. Then you also factor in the myriad of injuries that this team has had to deal with and the sort of weird you know, positional stuff that's gone on. The Pistons have been undersized in a lot of games. And in moments where you think they're going to get killed on the boards, they don't. In moments where you think they're going to lose by 20, they only lose by 12. And like stuff like that technically kind of matters. And I think we are despite all the losing that I hate and drives me insane. And, you know, I'm very reactionary, but in this moment, I'm able to have the presence of mind to be like, you can only build culture if you start winning games and not to use the lions as another analogy. Like we always do when we talk about this, but after beating Minnesota, damn it, I think I deserve to. When Dan Campbell is preaching the same message for a year and a half, and you go like three and 13, three, 12 and one, whatever it was. And then you start one and six. It's like, yeah, this is really cool. Oh, the players are bought in. Yeah, sure. seems like it. Like maybe they are, but you're one and six. It doesn't matter. And what's happened. They've gone on this insane run. They're up to six and seven. Now we're talking about the playoffs and nobody's talking about, you know, what's going to happen to Dan Campbell. And I'm saying all of this to say, and I apologize because I know how rambly this, this kind of is, but I say all that just to say, them getting out the gate a little bit faster this year just leaves that much more room for them to build momentum in the last 30, 45, 60 days of the season, which will carry over into the draft, which will carry over into free agency, summer league, training camp, preseason. And then next year when we're actually expecting them to do something to do maybe what the Lions are doing this year, um, I think they've shown us some stuff that would indicate that they're more than on the right track. Yeah, a, a couple things to that. First, the Lions thing. Shout out to them, but man, this has been like I don't re- recall a Lions winning streak. You look like you're like waiting to possibly kill me. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never experienced like a Lions winning streak like this in my lifetime, and yet at the end of the day, they're still under five hundred. Just kind of like yeah, don't, right? you know what I mean, dude. Uh, I I was like kind of <laughs> getting emotional over the Vikings win. I'm like we're six and seven. <laughs> Like it's cool what they're doing, but it's like, dang, we've been kicking butt. Then you look up, oh, we're six and seven. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that one thing that goes missed because it's and it's fair. Like I understand it. It's more so like uh, it's always like, what are you doing for me now? But the, the last thirty forty five that you're talking about this year, well, they did that last year, mm-hmm. where they were essentially a five hundred basketball team. Um, ended the streak against the Bucks. Had some very impressive wins. Um, Mojo was good, and that's probably why a lot of people were excited coming into this year. But at the, again, they—it's basketball is so tricky because there's so many games, there's so many different variants. It's they got younger, like their starting lineup is currently everybody is 21 or under except Bogey. Yeah, and it's. that's like I know people are tired of the youth excuse and all that stuff but like that's what it is and to your point like yeah they've won seven they're a month ahead of schedule in terms of wins from last year and um you think that 
there's a possibility that they, they inch closer to the mid-20s, late-20s because of that. But it's like they're also doing this without their best player, second-best player, wherever you want to put Cade right now. Um, they've played some of their best basketball. They were Until the loss to the Lakers, they were flirting with kind of 500 basketball over the last 10 games. Um, and I get it. I get, like, people – somebody made the point to me – and I don't know I I don't even know what to say like I I'm not even really like sure what I'm trying to say but the thing that interests me is like the past 2 years like I just don't re- there just wasn't as much angst from the fan base like everybody was fully bought in and just like watching these young guys play and develop and I think that that has gone away a little bit this year and I think there were far more people expecting them to win more than um you or I did yeah. and many others. But I also think that part of them was the, the casual fan coming back and hearing that they got Ivy and Dern to go with Cade and things like that. But I mean, they're about where we they're grouped in with the teams. We thought they'd be grouped in with, um, they're ahead of schedule, the schedule, their literal schedules easier now. They had the tough. They had they played the most games in the league uh, the first month and a half. Yeah, um, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, it's more spaced out. It's easier. Well, that's in that what sense. I mean. Yeah, yeah. There's more yeah. rest. There's more. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's more home games coming up. They've played a ton of road games. Yes. Um, it's like ten days, fourteen. How thirteen days? How long were they in the West Coast trip? Twelve. Twelve. That's yeah, six unreal. games. Yeah, yeah. So I think they've played more road games than home games by like a couple games. So I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um. Yeah, man, I think I understand people's frustration and it's only kind of heightened with Cade not playing. Um, But like I they are doing what I kind of expected this year to be a young team. Like I always I think I said it on here like this is the puberty stage. Like, you know what I mean? Like the first two years were cute. The cute baby who could do no wrong. And this, she's so yeah. funny. Look at the way she giggles or he giggles. He's Now they're all getting facial hair. Yeah, now it's awkward. It looks awkward sometimes. Yeah, it looks weird sometimes. There's cracky voices. And that's just where I think they were. I came into the year saying, like, this is the puberty season. It's going to look gross sometimes. It's going to look – it's not going to look pretty. Some days it will look pretty. Like, that's – that's just what this stage is, I think. And, I, I mean, everything that I've thought coming into this season, aside from, like, some individual stuff, but, like, as a group, like, I'm not surprised that they are where they are right now. James, what do you say? Well, here, let me – let's. I guess we can put a bow on this before I move on. You got anything else to add? Anything that I missed on that you would say, hey, I think that this kind of is a major explainer of how the season is going? Uh, the defense is atrocious. Um, I didn't, I knew it would be bad. I didn't think it'd be this bad. Uh, yeah. And that's, I, I think a lot of that has to do with perimeter defending. Um, from a group setting, the bench has improved, um, in recent weeks. That was, they were the worst in the league. Like, I think when people see Casey trot out his all bench unit now, like, I don't think there's many groans. Yeah. Uh, they've actually, there have been a lot of games where they've been more productive than the starters. As, and that's one thing Dwayne's talked about. He's like, I think part he talks about how he thinks part of that is the bench kind of gets to play how they've been playing all season, while the starters are like, 
Isaiah and Duran are getting used to playing with each other. Killian Hayes is in the starting lineup because Cade's out. Ivy's he's just hit the college season mark this week, you know, and right. Livers has been in and out. So it's like it's a it's a group that's figuring stuff out, and I think uh, once they figure that out, things will look a little bit better. But <clears throat> yeah, the defense has been bad. But yeah, I think you hit most you hit most of it. Cool. Well, with that, let's move on to and close with. This email that we got, uh, <laughs> subject line, all caps, emergency help. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are unfamiliar, the email for this show is bunandcardigan at gmail.com, spelled it. phonetically. There we go. So it's A-N-D, bunandcardigan at gmail.com. You can send us anything, and the odds are we will probably read it on the show. For so many reasons, James, this is one of my favorite emails we have ever gotten and i can't wait to get into this with you hey james and motown noah i had no idea this podcast existed until a month or so ago when i saw the bnc poster in one of nick's videos and have been listening ever since additionally james it's how i discovered your writing and haven't missed a story since you Thank do great you. work and are sincerely one of the athletics best i appreciate You're welcome you. by the way for the conversion there conversion conversion What's the con- what's the, that mean? I know what the conversion, conversion is. He was watching a Motown Noah video, saw the one in Cardigan poster, <clears throat> oh. checked out the podcast, was like, "Who's this guy?" Then check and then and then. So I just pumped your shit. You're Thank welcome. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, I didn't have to do that. Merry Christmas. Uh, the reason for today's email is a simple one and a tale as old as time. Nick, I too am a Rosillo fan and really enjoy the life advice segment. I thought maybe it would be fun if you guys did one on your own. James, I sometimes think that like because I don't check the emails, I sometimes think that you make emails under fake under pseudonyms and just like this is your email that you sent to us with a different name and you're just reading it. Does this read like how I speak? No, but that's part of the the shtick. But also like, oh, you're welcome. Like he found you from me and Ryan Rosillo and just. Well, first of all, kind of all on brand. Ryan Rosillo is like one of the top five sports podcasts in the world. So, yeah, a lot of people probably listen to Ryan Rosillo. Yeah. And I think the conversion of who watches me versus who listens to maybe him and like Bill Simmons, KLC, that, you know, bunch of guys, probably the same. Oh, you're saying you got their audience? Well, I, well, I know I do because YouTube tells me that. Oh, YouTube, yeah, yeah. YouTube gives you um, metrics that are like people who watch you also watch these creators. So oh, okay. I know I know who all of my uh, like uh, Kenny King of the Fourth Quarter who I'm sure a lot of you who listen to this know um he's he's also in there too. Okay. Him and I were supposed to do a video together once and that never materialized which kind of sucked. But anyways, sorry, back to the email. No, that's my bad. So I don't know if you know, I guess I'll just set the stage. We're doing life advice. He's giving us a scenario and we have to give him an advice. That's what Ryan Rosillo does on every single show. So I guess we're ripping that segment for today. Okay. Okay, here we go. My brother got me tickets to the upcoming Nets-Pistons game for my birthday about a month ago. He told me immediately that I didn't need to feel pressured into bringing him. He's never been a big basketball guy, so this was fair and made sense, and that I was free to invite whoever I wanted. This went undiscussed beyond that moment. Fast forward to three days ago with the game coming up soon. He texted me and said he was, quote, excited to boo Kyrie and KD next week, <laughs> unquote. Here's the problem. I invited a girl that I recently began seeing just a few days prior. I didn't think to mention this to him, seeing as he explicitly mentioned that I didn't need to invite him. 
what's the play here? Do I stay the course and attend with the woman I invited, someone who I legitimately feel connected to and think there could be something with? Or do I invite my brother out of respect since he is the one who bought the tickets? Love the show. Appreciate it, guys. I'm going to give this you the one's floor here first. Yeah, this one's okay. Easy. Go ahead. First of all, I, I hope to meet you at the game just because this situation's <laughs> funny. Um, you tell your – I'm assuming you and your brother are close because he got you tickets to a Pistons game and he is excited to go with you. You you think he hates him because he got him tickets to the Pistons game? No. That that face? Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Get it out. I'll let you go. So I'm assuming you guys are close. Maybe I'm wrong. I have to work out of a lot of assumptions here. Do you, yes. Do you know? Do you know if they are or not? Because I you're do not know faces. this person. No, no, no. Because I because it's you, you and Matthew, isn't it? No, it's not me and Matthew. There is a lot of context uh, here that we aren't that we kind of have to infer. So I'm just right. I'm excited to go through this okay. uh, exercise with you. Go ahead. So I'm inferring, and you keep making faces like I shouldn't infer. So stop. Okay. I'm inferring that they are close. Because of that, I would just say, hey. Uh, I, this is how I would respond. Like, Hey man, I feel like an ass, but I invited this girl. I just started seeing to the game. I would, I, I would have totally taken, well, hold on. This is what I would say. Hey man, I, I feel like a total ass right now, but I invited this girl. I just started seeing to the game. I was working under the assumption that's the sec. That's, that part's tricky. Here's the thing. That Here's the thing, though. Gotta, you have to word that perfectly. So, for what it's worth, he sent the email yesterday. Okay. So he said three days prior was when his brother said something. So it's now been, as of this recording, five days. And as of the time he may listen to this, it'll have been six days. Yeah. So how do you then retroactively? Because how did he handle it at the time? Is what we need to know. But here's what my take on the situation is. There are two things that are important here. One, the way that he worded the email makes me think that he's made up his mind already. Because if you just read what he says, what's the play here? Do I stay the course and attend with the woman I invited? Someone who I feel legitimately connected to and that there could be a future with. And then for his brother, he said, do I invite him out of respect? So to me, it feels like, do you get what I'm saying? Oh, here? yeah, like, he definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think if you, I just feel like if I just don't know if he, he has went, the cojones to do it. You know what I mean? Well, because my question is also like, can I get a ruling on is the brother valid to assume that because nothing was said that he's probably going? Because it's weird if you... You're saying like if he hasn't responded this whole time and he's just waiting for us to give our input before he texts his brother back? No, 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 no. I'm just saying in general. So if, if I'm giving... Let's pretend this is me and you and I give you tickets to something, okay? Some wrestling thing, right? Because I don't care about that. And I say, don't feel pressured to invite me. Here's two tickets for this thing that's in a month. Hold on. For, and then hold after, on. first of all, I don't. It, it, let's let's set the scene. This is nineteen not, late nineteen nineties, and you have wrestling tickets. I don't watch it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. 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 Okay. Let's say that I got these two tickets for us. Okay. And then I immediately said, you don't need to invite me. But then a week in advance from the event you haven't explicitly told me whether or not you're bringing anybody else. Is it fair for me to assume I'm probably going because I haven't heard otherwise? Cause I don't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't assume that me personally, I wouldn't assume that cause I would imagine that I would get told that upon right. the exchange. In, like, in, Hey, I'm probably going to yeah. take someone else. Yeah. 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 
Um, if I were his, I I wonder if that was his brother kind of feeling the sweat. Like, oh, a couple days have passed. I'm not. He hasn't asked me to go. Mm. I have the leverage because I bought the tickets. Yeah, I'll but just he invite mentioned myself. But he mentioned that he doesn't really care about basketball. So I think it's more of a like a just a hey a general let's experience this thing for me because with let's experience this thing together because you bought this thing for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that could be true. I I, I think the gentleman that emailed us should tell his brother, "Hey man, I, I feel like an ass right now. Thank you so much for the tickets." But I invited a girl that I have just started to see. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned that you, you didn't – it sounded like you didn't want to go, so I invited her. Like, that's what I yeah. would say. I would and say maybe it sounded it like even... you didn't want to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. I think you go with the girl. I think if it – even if it's new. Now, age here, does that matter? Yeah, is she at least 18? No. Oh, come on. Oh. If you're like – like, if oh. we're talking – if we're talking about, like, is this, a you know, a, a, a like, a 21-year-old couple or is this, like, a 30-year-old couple? Because there's a difference. But either way, I mean, it seems like it feels pretty strongly. So I say I, I say you go with the girl. I say you let your brother down. I, I, I don't even know if it needs to be that formal. Just be like, no. Like, sorry. I, yeah, I, I don't know their relationship, but I to keep it safe, I would say – I would make yourself be, like, the bad guy. Eat, eat it like make be your, your own s- fall guy yeah be your own fall guy there you go i i feel Quote like the an day. ass i i i wasn't thinking but i invited this girl who i've been seeing it didn't sound like you wanted to go so i asked her hope that helps man yeah i do too hopefully i mean i'm assuming you might have already responded to him can you let us know how sure, it went sure. Surely, yeah. I I really hope we get a follow up on this one. I think we've we've started to chill out, started to chill out on follow ups a little bit. Um, so I hope we get one on this one again, ladies and gentlemen. Bun and Cardigan at gmail dot com and is spelled phonetically A N D Bun and Cardigan at gmail dot com. James, final two things. We'll brush through these real quick. Quick, give us a uh, World Cup finals prediction. Who are you going with? Morocco, France, probably. I want to see Morocco, Croatia. I want it. I want. I want it to be shocking. I tell you what. Oh, how's I your, think Croatia uh, wins it all. What happened to your boy? What happened to your striker? Your world famous striker. He what happened? He blew it. He blew wow. it. He just wanted to get back to Hotspur Way <laughs> as quick as possible. I get learned something. Champions League push, huh? I just learned something. I didn't know who Leicester beat in the Premier League final. You mean who they beat out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah you guys got rolled. Yeah. We I didn't know rolled, that. We got you got rolled. Get you die, you got smoked. All right, whatever. <laughs> you didn't have to bring it up. Okay, final thing, scissor review. I was just about to say that. That's the album of the week on behalf of both of us. SOS SZA might be her last album ever. She said that? I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't been able to verify that with any independent sources, my Hollywood sources, but uh, that's what I, that's what they're saying. Okay. I liked it. It was fine. Um, a little more. So my, my issue with SZA is some, I'm not, a, I love R and B, but I don't love like acoustic R and B or like melodic R and B. Like I love like groovy mm. R and B. Mm. Um, and I feel like part of, like I felt like control was kind of a lot of acoustic uh, melodic R&B. Uh, this had a lot more like groove and like yeah. hip hop type style drums. 
So I liked I liked the first half of this a lot. At the end, it kind of lost me where it got acousticky in the country song and stuff like that. It was just too many songs. <laughs> like if she would have country, st- it, it was it sounded like country. The, is it the Phoebe Bridgers song? Sound like country no, music. but Ghost in the Machine, Phoebe Bridgers, that song uh, was incredible. I made a Spotify playlist because we were right. You know, 22, 23 songs is too many. I have a playlist on Spotify. It's called SZA SOS in parentheses Nick's version. Uh, I just trimmed it down to the eight or nine best songs and was like, as far as I'm concerned, this is the album. Um, it's fantastic, though. The Don Tolliver verse. Hold which, on, hold on, hold on. So this is where we get into the conversation of we were talking about it last week with classics or two weeks ago with classics. Oh, OK. Yeah. You can't call an album fantastic when you only kept eight of 23 songs. It's that's it's less than of, half. No, you're right. It's because of good math, by the way. When I just hate snaps and cl- and and clap snares. Yeah, and that's what SZA does a lot. I think it's with Blind. I think is is the one that has the snap snare. I I physically can't listen to it. I have like a visceral reaction. I hate it. It's just so cheap to me. Uh, which sounds really lame. I don't know. It's just a, the aesthetic thing that I don't like. Um, I, I don't. Love I still clap think it's. Snares, yeah. I I still think it's a objectively good i mean there are i don't really like when people just throw like four genres into an album for no reason other than just to do it and to hold their fans over um i had a take to you that honest to god may have been my best idea i've literally ever had in my life uh if SZA cut this record in half and then released an album you know in like a year when her fans are starved and need it most save it for a rainy day call it the rainy day album boom yeah. Boom. Yeah. I agree. 23 is too many. But there were some jams on there. All right, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe if you're feeling generous. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. Are you worried about Jaden Ivey? Hell no. Okay. And we, we didn't will talk catch- about it much, but I don't know. We, it's because I'm, I'm a little worried just- and I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> All right, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll see where he's at next week, and that'll be the theme of next week. To be continued in the next one. Peace. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. 
StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.